devotion to Allah in this month. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all our du'as, keep us and preserve us, shower us with his rahmah, give us with his maghfirah, and deliver us with his passion. I have held this is the month in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expends his generosity, his rahmah, so many different ways, in ways that we simply cannot perceive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obligates Muslims to fast, and in this obligation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He doesn't want hardship for you, He wants ease for you. This is Allah saying about fasting in Ramadan. He wants ease for you. He doesn't want hardship for you. When you look at this and you sit down and you think about this statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you realize that there is hardship when we fast. It's not a piece of cake. To wake up 3.30 in the morning and then breakfast at 8.15 in the evening. It's not a joke. There is difficulty there. So now you must understand what the ayah means. Everybody has their opinion about what Islam is, what Islam should be. And everybody wants to dictate upon Allah what he should do and what he shouldn't do. But when you study this ayah, just on the surface level, you know that there is extreme difficulty when you're fasting. Especially here in this country, when you're still obligated to go to work. So in our countries, it might be easy. It might be a breeze because you can maybe not go to work or you take time off in the afternoon and then it's easy. Even then, you get thirsty, you get tired. Sometimes you get hungry. So what is Allah saying? That He wants ease for you and He doesn't want difficulty for you when there is difficulty. It is very obvious there is difficulty when we are fasting, whether it's summer or winter, it doesn't matter. So we then must understand the whole Qur'an in the light of the whole Qur'an. And that is an approach in tafsir that the ulama have always used in their understanding of Allah's word. Quran is Allah's word. So how do we understand Allah's word? Is it simply simply through, through logic or our intellect or our rationale? Or is it through another system? So we have another system which helps us understand Allah's word. Unless we learn that system, we won't understand Allah's word the way Allah wants us to understand. So when this eye is revealed in Arabia, in the heat of the desert, and Allah is saying, Allah doesn't want hardship for you, He wants ease for you. 
then how did the Sahaba understand this? So here the basic issue is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants every Muslim to acquiesce and to submit to his will first. This is Allah's will. I want to fast because Allah wants me to fast. Once you overcome this hurdle, then it's easy. You do things because Allah wants you to do things. And it is a testimony to Allah's existence that Allah is able to regulate the food and the diet of a billion people overnight for one month. That is Bil Ghaib. Allah sends Hidayah Bil Ghaib from the unseen. So the unseen has a hand, and with that hand, He turns on this switch of Islam that Muslims submit to Allah's will. Otherwise, there's no force on the planet that can stop a human being from eating. You know everything that happens in this country. Diets and more diets and then more diets. They never work. Why? Because Allah's hand is not there. The ghaib must come into the ibadah. The unseen comes into the ibadah of the believer. The believer says, I want to fast because Allah wants me to fast. And that's the end of the story. There are people in Iceland. There are Muslims in Iceland who have a provision in fiqh to follow the closest Muslim city which is uh, reasonable in their timings. They have this fatwa. But the Muslims of Iceland say, we're not going to use the fatwa. We're going to fast 22 hours. Where does that come from? That comes from the ghaib. It's not a human machine fasting. It's not a human enterprise. It's the enterprise of Allah. The Allah inspires every Muslim to fast, whether it's Greenland or Iceland or Alaska, it doesn't matter. A Muslim wants to do his fast correctly, properly, so that he receives reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's, that's why Allah says he wants ease for you in the sense that on the day of judgment and in Jannah, Allah will reward you for your fasting. And the Prophet mentioned this, Man sama Ramadan, imanan wahtisaban, ghafira lahuma taqaddam min dhambi. Whoever keeps the fast of Ramadan with iman, faith, belief, conviction, and assuming he will be rewarded, ihtisab. It is part of Islam to hope for reward. Allah wants to reward you for your actions in Jannah. You must hope for that. And you must ask for that. Thawab is called. The word thawab in Arabic comes from a root word which means to come back. That you come back. So the amal that we do here, the good deed, comes back to us in the form of a reward in Jannah. And when we're eating the reward and the fruits of Jannah, we will know and realize this reward is for this ibadah and this reward is for this ibadah. That's the meaning of the word thawab. So every Muslim should hope and yearn and ask for thawab. 
This is an Islamic principle that we must value this aqidah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to reward us. So in fasting, in fasting, the ability of a Muslim to submit to Allah's will and then to concede and to acquiesce that I'm going to do this simply because Allah wants me to do it. And there's no one there who can stop me because there's no one there who can see me fasting. Nobody knows where you're fasting except you. Everybody can hide somewhere in the, the basement or in the closet and start eating. Nobody will know. The Muslims don't do that because of the ghayb. The unseen, Allah who is bil ghayb, the unseen comes into our vision, into our existence, into our reality. And the unseen controls what we do. This is a proof of Allah's existence. For those who are unfortunately uh, leaving Islam because of atheism, this is their proof that there's no scientific power on the planet or outside the planet that can force a billion people not to eat. And Allah does it very easily. That's why the Quran says, Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Quran hudan linnas that the Quran is revealed in Ramadan as a guidance for mankind to show mankind Allah exists and it exists in the whole Muslim Ummah and he is alive Allah is alive when we fast and that is the meaning of the hadith in which the Prophet said Allah says fasting is free because I come back and I reward the person who is fasting with my own hands this is the honor of those people who fast. There is a gate in Jannah, of Jannah, which is exclusively reserved for those who fast. One huge gate. And people who fast will enter through that gate as an honor for those people. This is the beginning of the thawab, the beginning of the reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give us. When Allah wants to give us, we can't say no. Because that is also an insult. Allah is the Jawad, the Kareem. Allah is the one who gives for any reason and for every reason. And Muslims must hope and yearn for the reward that is in front of them. So the reward of fasting makes it psychologically and spiritually easy for every Muslim to bear the burden of fasting. And that is where the ease is. The ease is in being able to bear the burden. That we bear the burden of Salat five times a day, winter, summer, it doesn't matter. We bear that burden because Allah wants us to. We bear the burden of giving zakat. We bear the burden of fasting. We bear the burden of going for hajj. We bear all these burdens, these taklifat that we call in Islamic law. These obligations we bear because Allah wants us to. And it is in the acquiescence. It is in the submission of man to Allah's will where the ease is. That's where the ease is. The ease is not in the form or in the figure or in the mechanics because Salat 
at the time of Fajr in summer, it is very difficult for us to wake up, as we all know. And Salat in winter, when it's cold, is also difficult for us. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to believe that He is going to reward us for our fasting. And it is that belief and hope that we see ourselves in this holy month of Ramadan moving towards our destination, which is Jannah. The whole purpose of life is that life is a journey. Life is not stagnant. Life doesn't stop. Either you're moving forward or you're moving backwards. Either you're in fourth, fifth gear or you're in reverse gear. There's no neutral in life. You either go forward or you go backwards. Muslims go forward towards Jannah. That is their destination. So when they observe world events, and when they observe the happenings of a, a person's daily lives, they must have their destination in mind. What am I going to do with this? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the messengers, the Anbiya salam, and then the final messenger Muhammad sallallahu wasallam, to show us how to handle these situations on a daily basis at the microscopic level. I am not feeling well today. But I'm fasting, somebody will say. I'm slightly sick today, but I'm fasting. I have a problem in my household, but I'm fasting. I have this issue at work, but I'm fasting. It's a struggle. But what makes it easy? What makes it easy is because we want to do this for Allah, the submission is where Islam now comes into play and is, it is very manifest in fasting and in hajj. Absolutely. There you see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the ummah the tawfiq. Allah then opens the doors and the gates of Jannah where all the aroma of Jannah descends upon believers and the effect of that aroma is that they fast. And the Prophet said that the aroma the smell of a person fasting, which is not a very nice smell, is more dear to Allah than musk. You see how, how the Prophet ﷺ managed to bring all the nusus together, all the understandings of the Quran hadith together. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the smell of someone who is fasting more than musk. What does this mean? It means that after you struggle and you find yourself in a physical difficulty. Now having a bad odor from your mouth is a difficulty. It's not easy to negotiate and to talk to people when you know that you have odor coming from your mouth. It's not easy at all. So although we can still use miswak, going to Ahmadhab, the smell is still there. So, how did the Prophet ﷺ negotiate this? He said, think about your destination. Think about Jannah and think about Allah. How does Allah see this smell? This smell occurs because of ibadah for him. And when something occurs out of ibadah for him, he loves it. He loves it. Meaning that Allah loves that smell 
then perhaps we should not be over concerned about the smell in our daily lives and routine and understand that that is the reward that when this comes back to us when we meet Allah it will come back to us much better than musk this bad odor will be translated into something much better than musk on the day of judgment this is the reward and this is how the Prophet ﷺ trained and disciplined the Sahaba. Then when it comes to matters of ibadah, think of your destination. Where is this leading me? What will happen to me if I do this? How will I be rewarded if I do this? This is your world view and beyond. Muslims don't only have a world view. They have a view which is a world view. And they have a view which is beyond the world. And that is called the Akhirah. So they are by default, they're visionaries. A world view, for those of you who understand history, and those of you who know about visionaries in the world, and how these visionaries have shaped the world and everything else. Every Muslim by definition is a visionary. Why? Because he looks to the Akhirah. He looks beyond this world. So in that sense, every Muslim is far more intelligent than any other person. By definition, because he's looking beyond the world. And who tells us what happen, happens beyond the world? Allah is Rasul, sallallahu alayhi wa So we must be very happy and proud that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this Islam, this deen, this sharia, this sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu And we must hold our heads high. When we are talking to people that we represent the Prophet ﷺ and we do this this way because the Prophet ﷺ did this this way. And he is the most intelligent person Allah ever created. Period. That is our aqidah. So when we want to represent Islam and fasting and Ramadan, the Quran speaks volumes. Guidance from mankind and evidence of guidance that we show and share other people. The fact that you tell others you're fasting for them, it's a miracle. Those of you who know and you work in corporate America, anywhere else where you have non-Muslim friends and colleagues, it is mind-blowing. Not are they only confused, they're amazed. How can you do that? You, mean you can't even drink water. Never mind drinking alcohol, which is a separate issue. You can't even drink water. And how do you do this? This is now dawah. You want to give dawah? Practice your ibadat. Make your ibadat visible. You don't have to shout and scream Islam and give talks and lectures. Practice your ibadat visibly so that others know this is how you worship Allah. The way a Muslim worships Allah is very different from how others worship Allah and it is in the mode of worship where Islam exists our greatest service to mankind is to show people this is the way we worship Allah and the way we worship Allah is following the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad so we are representing him so when we talk to people and we should 
And when we demonstrate to people, and we should, that we are fasting, then have this in the back of your mind, that you're giving da'wah at the highest level, without speaking. You don't have to pass out pamphlets and give intellectual talks, as I just said, or give them this proof and that proof. Just show that you are a follower of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and this is how you worship Allah. And we do this because Allah wants us to, not because there's a government imposition or there's rationing or there are health benefits or there are some this benefit that we do it because we love Allah. And it is this love of Allah that's going to change people and people's hearts. This is the way forward and this is our destiny in this world, especially in this country, if we're going to represent Islam at a global level, then there's no better place to represent it other than this country. If America sneezes, the rest of the world gets a cold. And we can do this very easy. Allah has made it so easy for us to represent Islam. Unfortunately, we become holier than thou and we become more intellectual than we are and we start discussing, negotiating, proving, apologizing for Islam. Baba, the proof is in the pudding. Worship Allah, let people see how you worship Allah and people will, inshallah, one day come to you and say, how do I do this? This is Allah's fadl on the ummah. And once Muslims know that unless they worship Allah the way Muhammad worshiped Allah every day, every month, every year, there is no Islam in America. Islam in America is not about politics. It's not about human rights. It's not about knocking on the door of the White House. It's about knocking on the door of Allah. So that Allah's fadl comes upon people. Allah is the one who guides us just as He guides us to fast and to give up our food and drink and water for no reason other than for him. Likewise, he will give guidance to others if we show others this is who we are and this is what we do. This is the way forward for Muslims in this country. With this, we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts all our duas. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the tawfiq to worship Allah the way the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa worshipped him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to represent Islam the way the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa represent Islam. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen.